tall, like I'm on my tiptoes, baby. You think a little too small. I got big goals, baby. Hey, where the money? I look, I just need the info. Pronto, I What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Blazers Edge podcast. It is me, Danny Morang. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently here for the Blazers Edge podcast just because it's going to be a short turnaround between game one and game two. Uh, I'm recording this here Sunday night. Uh, if you caught Outsiders post game, uh, I'm going to kind of branch off some of the stuff that we talked about there and then project forward to game two. The skill obviously release uh, Monday morning and kind of serve as a reminder primer of game one into game two. And then I'll hit a couple listener questions. It's going to be tied in as a little bit of a mailbag too. Um, and then we'll uh, kind of see where things go from there. So first of all, thank you for tuning in. Uh, game one was a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, if you're on the Blazer side of things, coming up with a win is significantly more fun uh, than dropping game one. Getting Winning game one on the road is usually pretty indicative of future success. So um, that's something at least telling. Uh, if bare minimum, they, they get one and one, they steal home court. And um, it's not a small feat, even in a COVID year where home court's kind of wishy-washy and Portland really hasn't been good at home. So um, they've been one of the best road teams in the NBA. So that's, that's kind of a cool thing to pull from this. Um, <clears throat> real quick, thank you all for subscribing, rating, reviewing, doing all that stuff over the years. Um, I've, I've, I've tried to make a, a point of highlighting that, and it's becoming more and more apparent as the season winds down, like how long I've been doing this for. <laughs> so um, thank you. So, again, thank you. Without you guys, this is impossible. So please like, rate, review. You hate me, you love me, whatever. Leave it in there. That way we kind of know what, what people like and what people don't. And I can make adjustments from there. Well, I can't make you love me. So um, if you don't, well, I guess it's just my loss. But let's get into it. <laughs> Game one, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. There wasn't a lot of ugly. Um, the really only ugly I think we can pull from this game is maybe Norman Powell. Um, looked a little bit lost at times. Um, but here's the thing, like Norman Powell's ugly pales in comparison to, and this is I got immediately going to throw guys under the bus, pales in comparison to Mo Farkless is ugly, Al Farouk is ugly, Evan Turner is ugly. Like that's the difference really in this series is like the level of ugliness. Their room for error is a lot wider. Uh, and that was evident uh, in that game. So you, your starting lineup performed magnificently. Obviously Dame was, was fantastic. Uh, CJ was, was pretty good, uh, a little inefficient. Nurk was incredible. Cove just did good stuff. Norm had a rough night. Norm had a rough night. There's there's no there's no real way around that. I'm just hoping it's just a bad night. It's I mean, if you want to take a look at it in particular, he is having to guy guard a guy more than a half foot taller. Like and that's probably a lot. Uh, I, I'm not worried about it by any way, shape, matter, form, but just something to keep in the back of your head. Uh, one thing he did do uh, well. And I think really the Blazers in general did well. I mean, you look up and down the, the list, and you had uh, obviously Dame with 13 assists, Nurk with five, Powell with four, CJ with three. Your starting lineup was just keeping that ball moving. Uh is a good number, especially in the playoffs. Um, that was probably the most complete offensive game that we've seen from this team this year against a good opponent. Uh, putting up 123 points, that's, that's, that's big time, especially in the playoffs. Um, neither team really played a lick of defense. Definitely a defense optional kind of game. But in those kind of games, man, Portland shines. Portland shines big time. So um, that's that's your big takeaway. Um, that kind of ball movement. There, props. Props to Dame. 
props to CJ, props to Mello for not gumming the works up, for not stopping the ball, for making the extra pass. That's what this offense should look like. They weren't hunting shots. Um, big tip of the cap. I'll get right to it, uh, uh, to Mello. Uh, Mello came in in that first half, was spectacular, knocked down threes, was just – I mean, that's the kind of thing that you're looking for from him. And that's, I mean, that's the thing that I've hit on all season. This isn't a toot my own horn. That's just, it's night and day difference when he is just working into catch and shoot and cooking. That is what you get. He made a couple passes in the third quarter when things were spinning out of control that I didn't expect for him to make. And I said something about it on Twitter. Something along, 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 along excuse me, something along the lines of, wow, that was a jumbled mess, of if Melo's going to make that pass, Blazers in three. Because... The ball stops more with him than anybody else in this team, and if he's skipping it, if he's making that pass, drawing the defense and kicking, Nuggets are in a world of hurt, man. Like, that's that's what it comes down to. Um, Dame had a hell of a floor game. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Jokic stuff and the Dame stuff. There is a telling stat there. Uh Dame had 13 of or Dame opponents hit 13 to 15 kickouts for Dame's assists. Uh, Jokic's were were one of 10. Uh, leading to his one assist, so I think there's some some definitely some noise there. That's going to be interesting to see how that all kind of rolls out. Um, but ball movement in general, uh, Portland did an incredible job spacing the floor, knocking down shots, and there's some shooters luck there. 19 to 40 from three, a franchise record. 19 threes. That's that's a lot. <laughs> let's, take, let's take a quick step back and go. Hey, Portland shot 47 from the field. They shot 48 from three. They shot 95 from the free throw line. Um, you're not going to get many better offensive performances in the playoffs. I started in stops with Damian Lillard, who, I'll be honest, he struggled to start the game shooting, but he was incredibly efficient moving the ball, getting guys into sets, um, not playing too fast, not playing too slow, not methodical, but just veteran. I mean, that's a playoff veteran, and that's what you should expect from this team is that they should go where Damian Lillard takes him, and, well, there's not much in front of him for the for the Denver Nuggets in the backcourt. So um, that's huge. Um, ball movement, ball movement, ball movement, which kind of after you go from Damian Lillard, that takes you to Yusuf Nurkic. Nurk had a very good game. Um, you, you look at the, the box score line, 16, 12, and 5. Uh, the 16 points is incredible, 7 of 10. He decided that uh, even the ones he was going to miss, he was going to immediately follow up and be physical. Physical, physical, physical. And he was incredibly consistent. Uh, he had a little bit of a slow start to the game. I think a little bit of an adrenaline uh, being back in Denver playoff games. Obviously, the first time that's going to happen or that's happened. So I think there's a little bit of jitters there, which, sure, that's fine. Um, did a solid enough job on Jokic. Jokic is just a stupidly good shot maker. Um, for those that haven't really paid attention to Jokic this year, you got to see just how good he is uh, with his post control, his footwork, um, his ability to get guys leaning, and just for a guy to have that kind of body control at seven foot tall is just—it's not fair. Um, Yoke did a, or, or Nurk did a great job on him um, and made him work, and I think that's what you're asking for. But on the offensive side of things, incredibly efficient inside. Obviously, the seven of ten is what you want to see, but the playmaking. Um, Mike Richmond tweeted out a video of, of the of the play last night that really stood out from Nurk, and this is the kind of play that you don't get um, from like Ennis Cantor or like really like any other big in the league. There's like maybe four or five guys, you know, and Bede might throw that pass. 
uh, Sabonis, obviously Jokic, but like Nurk is a hell of a passer. Um, they ran a little bit of a split cut action with Damon CJ up top, and I can count on them like on the number of times on one hand that I've seen Melo run that dive, and that was a nice little wrinkle. And Nurk put it on a plate, and you get an and one and big time swing. Dame comes back, knocks down a three, and that's probably the game. And for Nurk to be a part of that, uh, that Dame three was the off the DHO on the wing, and it's like, yeah, that's that's what happened. So again, that ball movement. Um, I think was huge, 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 huge. I'm not, I'm not exactly like giving away state secrets here. Uh, huge report and success. Um, when I look at this game, it's a 14-point difference. And I think this game's a lot, lot closer than that because it was between four and six and held Denver had the lead in the third quarter uh, going into the fourth. Portland did what they needed to do, and you don't want to downplay that. They played really well. They played really, really well offensively. Defensively, there were some things that they need to clean up big time. Big, 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 big time. Um, one of the things I thought they actually did really well was, again, the game plan on um, Jokic. Jokic got his 14-27, uh, to um, but that's putting him on volume and not getting other guys involved. Now, there was some bad shooting luck. There's no doubt about that. Michael Porter Jr., we'll talk about here in a little bit, going 1 of 10 from 3. I wouldn't expect that to happen again. I, I don't think that's. I don't think it's going to be something you're going to see repeated a lot. Um, but I liked what they did. Uh, if you listen to either the podcasts that we had with Adam Mars from DNVR or Matt Moore from the Action Sports Network, both of them obviously covered Denver a ton. They're both in town. Um, the thing that they were wondering was how Portland was going to play Jokic, and I, I adamantly said, "Please, I hope, pray that they they play him heads up," and they did. Uh, that's, that's not me again, tooting my own horn. That's just, I, I'm glad they did it because I think it makes things easier. It simplifies things, whether it's with Nurkic or with Cantor, like you just play them heads up. You don't put anybody in rotation. You don't ask somebody to do things that they're not capable of doing. You keep it simple. The straight up acronym kiss for those of anybody who doesn't know it. Keep it simple, stupid straight up out of the army. I mean, for reasons, because you know, air force army, um, well, whatever. Those of you get it, great. Otherwise, <laughs> we're moving on. Um, but I, I like the I like what they did. I think they're probably going to get a little bit better of a chance in the game two, and we'll kind of get to that here in a second. Uh, but I, I want to come back and touch on the bench real quick. Uh, Mello already talked about, came in, just flamethrower, all the booze in Denver. Uh, they were fueling his soul. And uh, – I, I figured we'd get a mellow game, or at least a mellow quarter. I did not expect it, you know, first quarter, second quarter of, of game one uh, to just absolutely light the world on fire, but Portland needed it. Um, Denver came out playing pretty well. Portland came out playing okay, maybe a little bit flat, and I think Mello and Ant were a huge part of getting things going. I think it was an 18-4 run. That's that's big time. Like, that's, that's huge. Um, having guys that can come in, and that's kind of like the, the telling sign from the series is – Portland has guys that can come in and can drop 20. Denver doesn't. That may ultimately be what swings this series. But in game one, both those guys played well. Um, liked, definitely liked Melo a lot less in the second half. Uh, I think he got a little little too high on his own supply. Um, there was a three-shot series where the first two shots were really bad. The third shot was the right shot, but you could see him hesitate because he realized he had just taken two really bad shots. Um, but I, even me hater of all things mellow not related to three-pointers it was like 
I get it. Like you're, you're playing fine. You're playing great. Uh, offensively, you're getting back what you're giving up. So it's fine. Um, even I wasn't too frustrated, but it was one of those things where wasn't thrilled with it, but you live with it overall. Uh, B plus a minus night for mellow there. Uh, I don't think you could really ask much more, but you maybe clean that up just a tiniest of bits, but that's getting picky. Ant ants is a only thing <laughs> a plus for a 20 point night. I think that's the only thing, uh, grabbed a couple rebounds, got a couple assists, um, he was a part of probably Portland's two, three cleanest-looking plays of the night. Um, obviously, the one that I think everybody got really excited about was the ball movement where it went in, out, around, over, skipped to a corner, and then ended up with Ant with on a, <clears throat> a right-wing three with nobody around him from 10 feet either direction. Excuse me, 10 feet any direction. And he just stepped into it and just snuck. I mean, when he hits shots like that... <clears throat> You have to forgive me. My, my allergies are killing me right now. <clears throat> but uh, when he's playing like that, when he's locked in, that's that's an element that Portland can just have that Denver doesn't have with their guys out. Like, and is a, is a flamethrower. Like when he when he gets cooking, it's we've seen it. We've seen it more and more recently. Got a couple of listener questions comparing contrasting Ant and GTD. We'll, we'll we'll get to. Uh, I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how it plays out of this series. But having him out there spacing the floor, looking like he belonged, that was just such a huge, huge thing. Um, selfishly for me, I really wanted him to go out there and show that he belonged. And not necessarily even just like hitting as many shots as he did, which awesome. Great for him, happy. Um, getting a podium game right out of the shoot is fantastic. Like that lets you know he's he's ready and he's locked in. So um, that's that's a big time, and I'm I'm stoked for him. Uh, it's great for the Blazers. Um, really looking forward to see what happens in the next game, which kind of leads me into the game one. Game one went well for Portland. That's that's the big takeaway. Things went your way. You came in with a good game plan. You executed. You knocked down your shots. You moved the ball. You played Jokic straight up, and you dealt with everything else. People want to you know, get mad about Terry Stotts letting guys try to rest for a few minutes in the third quarter. I'm I'm not going to get mad about that because they won, they got the rest, and everybody looked good. Like that's just it's the way it goes. You're 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 trying to buy time for guys. You basically pushed Yusuf Nurkic to his limits playing him thirty four minutes. You had forty minutes for uh Dame, thirty seven for CJ. And the only reason those CJ and Norm minutes were down is because Ant and Mello were just on fire. Otherwise, those guys are at 40 minutes, too. So buying those guys a few extra minutes, that's cool. That's a big deal. Um, but going into the game, too, what are the adjustments that Denver's going to make? Portland's not going to make a ton. I mean, you, and realistically, you don't see teams make a ton of adjustments until two games because otherwise coaches worry about and players worry about maybe their coaches don't trust them if they can't make the adjustments after one or they can't just like, hey, this is the way we need to play. Just let us. We just had a bad night. I think there's a level of that to game one going into game two. Michael Porter Jr. hit everything from two, missed everything from three. I think you're going to see that levy out. Levy out. I think you're going to see that even out. Good Lord. Um, he walked into 25 points. Like just walked into it. That's insane. I, I Every time I look down, I'm like, oh, he doesn't feel like he's done it. Oh, no, he's he's been affected tonight. It was just because he was missing threes. Uh, defensively, he came over and altered some shots, got a couple blocks. Um, I, I think they're going to try to find a way to get him uh, more involved. 
the big thing that I wonder is, did Denver like the pace? Do they want to play slower and limit possessions a bit because Portland is so potent offensively and they have so many options? Or do they want to try and get a few cheapies? And in that regard, I'm not sure which way they're going to go with that because obviously Jokic only had the one assist. But is he going to maybe look to get a... Notice a little bit of a weird pause in the audio there. It's because I had a dog barking at my door. And, uh, well, mom's not home, so puppy's going to sit here and do the podcast with me. Otherwise, she's going to be very loud for everybody. Um, <laughs> um, it's going to be really interesting to see what and where Denver parks Jokic. Like, where, like he's stupidly good on the low block. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he ate Cantor alive. Uh, Cantor... Offered as much resistance as he could, but like Jokic is too big, too strong, too coordinated, and too good on the block to just really be bothered. Um, but he can't do a ton when you clear a corner and there's nobody there to cut through. The spacing's kind of wonky. Like I almost wonder if do you you, you kind of run some rub screens? Do you run like some elevator doors, like to get some you know uh, rise and replace actions? Like have him come up to the three point line and switch with with Porter Jr. or with Aaron Gordon, just trying to get like a little rub pick and roll. Um, just get some cheeky stuff that you can find um, back and forth that maybe turns out to be a little bit easier, so you're not working just so incredibly hard. For those points, I think that's the big thing. Getting Jokic in the middle of the floor offensively probably be huge. Uh, getting Porter Jr., like <laughs> getting him to knock down some threes is going to be a big, big deal. Um, I think that's the big... Like, they had some bad shooting luck. Like, that's I know they're missing guys and they're missing shooters, but they had some bad shooting luck. You, Portland's 19 of 40. Franchise record made threes. Nuggets are 11 of 36. Let's drop... Some of the stupid amount of threes that you 50% from Mello, four or five for Ant, five of 12 for Dame. Like, knock a few of those off. Give Michael Porter Jr. alone a couple. Let Get Rivers one. Like, that's what I'm saying. That, like, that 14 point win gets a lot closer, man. Um, if some shooting luck goes your way. Um, it's just, I, I wonder what ends up happening. And the adjustment-wise, how heavy-handed Malone's going to be with them. I was honestly surprised that Millsap only played 15 minutes, that he only got three shots up. Jermichael Green played 18, only took one. Like Those seem like two guys you might try to find some work for. Monte Morris, 5 uh, of 10, he was effective, 5 assists. Like, I Maybe maybe you, you go pretty heavy with him. Um, maybe try to get him a few more shots. Uh, Gordon was was okay. Uh, his you know his box score sixteen and eight, a little underwhelming shooting wise, seven of sixteen, but two of four from three. Like, I think that's kind of what you're getting. Um, he probably needs to be a little more efficient on his twos. Um, but the guard play, I mean, it, it is kind of what it is. So maybe you're gonna have to lean into your bigs. I, I think that's probably probably the way that you're gonna have to look at it if you're Denver. Um, which is kind of weird because you're already leaning so much into Jokic. Like, every time you take the ball out of his hands, uh, it's both a win for the Blazers and it's a, obviously a loss for the Nuggets. So, I guess when Jokic isn't on the floor, which is only like, what, eight minutes a night, 
basically for this series. He's going to play 40, 40 plus maybe. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of all plays out. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep this one shorter. So that's kind of game one, game two, like adjustments you might look for overall. Uh, I liked both teams' games, game plans. Uh, I think Denver doesn't really do a ton more except for maybe getting Jokic more center of the floor. Uh, maybe they play a little bit less aggressively on Portland because I think part of the reason Portland had so many assists and the ball was popping is because the the Nuggets were a bit predictable in what they were doing defensively, like when they were bringing the, the aggressiveness on the ball, and the ball just naturally found one guy after another, which you have to credit Portland for making the right raids and making the right passes. They, they, they did skip it and not just go one pass away pretty often. So I, I think that's pretty big, um, at least from a – uh, game plan perspective. So uh, let's, let's get to the listener questions. Uh, just a couple here. Uh, thank you for getting these in. Uh, from Blazers Edge, Adrian Burner says, what happens when MPJ starts hitting shots? Um, be afraid. Be very afraid. That's kind of what I, again, like having the other guys on the podcast for the last couple of days, the thing that I hit at a, a ton outside of Jokic for the Nuggets is, listen, I think MPJ is going to be the breakout performer. And he had an okay performance and he had 25. So, yeah, I, I'm i leaning towards Denver winning game two just because I think they're going to have some shooting luck and things are going to go their way. And I don't think Portland's going to play like 90% of the way towards their best basketball. I think it's just that kind of natural. Portland probably feels pretty good about themselves. So there might be a little bit of a reason to relax when your game plan is that effective. So I think that's one thing I would look at. Um, from at T white two, seven, three is Cantor playable in this series against Jokic. If so, or not, who should replace or take his minutes? I think he's playable in the sense of he's a sacrificial lamb. Like you can play him out there and be okay. Um, he's going to cook everybody, including Nurk. Like Nurk had him a couple times and Nurk, he, he looked dumb. Like Jokic hit him with that drop step spin, that baseline spin. It was like, whoo, that's nasty. Like he's, he's got, probably the second best post footwork in the NBA right now behind Embiid. And like, it's not like a knock on Jokic to say that Embiid just has, you know, dream shake, Elijah one ask footwork. And it's incredible to watch. Jokic is kind of <sighs> drunken Hakeem, like, like slippery fish Hakeem. It's, it's not nearly as pretty, but the body control is just unbelievable. Even with the flopping and the flailing, I guess it's like Euro Hakeem. I like, think that's kind of the way you look at it. <laughs> Come on, Dallas. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, and puppy sitting, uh, she uh, likes the uh, the wheels on the Peloton, and she likes to spin them like a hamster. So, um, I think I think Cantor's playable. Uh, definitely gonna have to buy some minutes because Nurk can't play um, 36, 37, 38 minutes. It's, it's just not a thing that he can do. But yeah, overall, Cantor's fine. I just I, I just don't look at Cantor and be like, oh, it's a problem. It's, He's fine. He's, everybody is going to be, you know, just kind of tossed on the wood pile when it comes to Jokic. He can get you some offensive rebounds, which Portland needed at times last night. Um, he can play up against your Michael Green, Paul Millsap. I, again, I think that's something that maybe Mike Malone looks at is targeting that bench unit a little bit more with Millsap, with Jermichael Green, or keeping poor juniors minutes out there a little bit extended against those units, see if he can get him some cheapies. Um Portland is going to try to keep Nurkic on the floor for all of the Jokic minutes, but that's that's a that's a tall task. Um, just minute for minute, he's not going to be able to match him. And two, if he gets in foul trouble, it's another problem. So I think Cantor's playable. It's not a great option, but it's not a bad option either. Uh, at Maz Northwest, Christopher Mazio, thoughts on if the Nuggets go 
go with a big lineup. If so, how do the Blazers handle that? Well, I mean, they're already really big. Like, Jokic is 7 foot, MPJ's 6'10", Gordon 6'9". Like, they're <laughs> they're already big. And then you pull out Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap, more 6'8", 6'9", guys. Um, I guess you could say they could go bigger if Barton came back. Uh, obviously, then you don't have, you know, Faku, who's 5'8", 5'9". Like, that's the problem, is that 2019, there's, you know, Jeremy Grant, or somebody not Jeremy Grant, uh, Gary Harris, there's Tory Craig. Like, there's so many dudes that, that they have that they don't have now that uh, would be huge for them. Uh, I, I expect that they'll look to press their size advantage a little bit more, but exactly how and when, I, I'm, I'm kind of, it's, the adjustments that Denver can make are going to be kind of weird. Portland, I think, is just going to kind of do what they do. They're they're small. Like, that's just the thing. They are a small team, but right now Denver is smaller in those positions, so it's not necessarily a Portland weakness that they have to worry about. And that's, frankly, probably going to end up being the difference in this series. Um, Henny at WTFPNW. What do you think our chances of getting to the second round are after game one? What was most encouraging about last night? So I picked Denver in seven beginning of the week and I kind of just stuck with it because I'm stubborn because I don't trust this Portland team. Um, that game was about as good as I could have expected. Uh, I definitely look towards Portland now. Um, I still, I still think this is going to go six or seven. I think you're going to have a couple nights where Denver is hot and Portland struggles to shoot. Like Portland just shot the living hell out of the ball. Um, I, I don't think that's a, a, a crazy thing to say. They did. They now don't get me wrong. They worked for those shots. They, they they played really good basketball, and I really like seeing that. Uh, I definitely think their chances are better than a coin toss right now. If I had to pick, I'd probably say Blazers in seven now. Um, maybe six. Game two will be pretty telling. Um, what was most encouraging was the offense, the ball movement, the consistency in that effort. Um, things look better. It's a lot rosier of an assessment when you're making shots. There's no doubt about that. Um, they didn't really struggle from any particular level. The one time they did really struggle in the third quarter, it definitely didn't look great basketball-wise, but they kind of regained control or Damian Lillard regained control, um, which that's, again, your, your ace in the hole. Um, the Blazers can rely on other guys for time periods and then go to Damian Lillard. The Nuggets have to rely on Jokic for every minute that he's out there and then hope to God everybody else brings it. Like That's the difference in the series. Um, but I, I think they're, gonna, they're probably going to get to the second round. Uh, and <laughs> what we've seen from Phoenix and L.A. could, uh, could work out pretty well. Uh, from Adam Antium. <coughs> oh. From Adam Antium, at Adam underscore Antium. Did Powell just have a rough night, or is the matchup versus him going to be a struggle this series? Asking a 6'3 dude to guard a 6'10 superstar in the making in MPJ is difficult. But I'm also not throwing him under the bus after one game. Kind of hit on that to start things. I think it was just a rough game. I, I realistically do. Not a great matchup for him, but I think you, you could see him turn around. He hits another shot or two. He gets out in transition. You know, like he cleans up like a few things. That's all he needs to do. And all of a sudden his box score looks a little bit better. Porter Jr. is just that's a tough task. Asking a six foot three guy to guard a six foot ten dude is that like that's a lot. So um, as long as he's like able to keep that as, as a push or near push, um, if things get dicey, then it's it is what it is. Like it's fine. But if all of a sudden he's outplaying him and Denver's winning, then you're gonna have to kind of figure out figure something else out. 
Um, maybe you throw Covington on him to put the size on on him. Um, then you have to deal with Aaron Gordon another way. But for the most part, I think that, that's just kind of the, the – the way the cookie crumbles, so to speak. Um, we're going to get out of here with that. Um, game two, obviously, on Monday night. Um, please keep the questions coming in uh, on Twitter, at Danny Ring, at D-A-N-N-Y-M-A-R-A-N-G. I'll have some video breakdowns to kind of come out come out after game two when the trends kind of look a little clearer. We can see what may or may not be real um, from both teams. Again, we're going to be dealing with limited sample sizes, but we can maybe see some adjustments or some tweaks or, or what they did with some certain things. Uh, and then also the puppy will probably be a little bit less irritated at that point in time. Uh, as always, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for all that you do. Again, I really do appreciate you. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And uh, for Dallas and me, thank you all so much. I'll catch you soon. Bye. Baby, you think a little too small. I got big goals, baby. Ain't